Hey there, this is Andrew, and uh, right now I'm going to be bringing you a review of Unfathomable in Dark Tidings. So, this is a, a fun one. This is the first Unfathomable review that I've done. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be looking at their overall, what they bring to the table, and the an overview of the specific cards. And, again, because... Dark Tidings is the first time we've seen Unfathomable. We know they'll be back in Winds of Exchange, but this really is the, the first set of them. Uh, it's all it's all new stuff. And uh, not new if you've been playing the game, because you, you probably have used these cards, but this is certainly my first time talking through them in this way. Uh, I, have, I have played with them a ton. I have some of these that I really love, some that I've hated to play against, and yeah it's it's pretty cool stuff so uh let's start off with my i have my five questions that i like to go over at the start one of them is totally obsolete because there are no legacy cards here uh back when i reviewed coda of course it didn't make sense to talk about legacy we didn't even know that was going to be a thing for uh for unfathomable and dark tidings <clears throat> we know that there's no possibility of getting a legacy card because there just aren't old unfathomable cards to be had. So uh, I'll be going over the other ones. We will cover the Maverick, though. All right, so uh, the first question I like to ask is if I open up a deck in Dark Tidings, I see that it has unfathomable. What other, uh, what other house am I looking for? I think I've been thinking about this even more in light of having listened to Having listened to Help from Future Self's rehashing of Bouncing Death Quark, I think's old article or old podcast about uh, burst main support house types. I've been thinking about that, and I think, I actually think most of the time, Unfathomable is wants to be in either the burst or support role. The controly stuff is more on the support side, even though Deese made a very good main house and we think about Unfathomable coming in with a lot of disruption in in as a kind of a replacement for Deese in a way. But I think Unfathomable support is more of a support oriented or it can also be a very good burst house where you set up, you have a very good unfathomable turn and you disrupt your opponent in ways that's going to take them turns to recover from. And meanwhile, you're going to do your game plan. So anyway, that's, uh, that's my thoughts about that front. I don't know if I've heard, I don't remember what help from future selves take was on unfathomable in that sense. There's was probably better thought through than mine, but that's um, that's my thought. I think I probably have listened to it. I just don't remember what their verdict was. So anyway, with that having been said, I I do I think of them more as a burst house actually, and so I would really like to see them with logos because that can do a good job of setting them up for a solid burst. Logos often it serves that purpose, but uh, I think it's especially good with unfathomable so all right um what do i think about when i see uh if i sit across the table from a, a dark tidings deck that has unfathomable in it and it's sealed i don't know what's in the deck what capabilities do i think might come from the fact that it is a an unfathomable uh dark tidings deck unfathomable it's, it's so hard to actually say the whole word. Anyway, what am I looking for? Uh, the first answer is board control, but Unfathomable tends to provide board control in ways that are not destruction, uh, which is really interesting against some of the, well, against creatures with destroyed effects. So actually really nice sometimes against mass mutation where you might have a lot of destroyed steel one type effects really annoying 
Well, Unfathomable has so many ways to push those creatures off the board without actually destroying them, or just to control them in general without destroying them. So uh, we have ways to put cards back to the hand, back onto the deck, to purge cards, to exhaust cards. Uh, it really is, it can be so frustrating. <laughs> the way that Unfathomable controls the board, but again, without actually destroying. So it's not even what the person is used to, you know, oh, okay, I understand what my creature's being destroyed. This is just frustrating. <clears throat> so non-destructive board control. Second thing, I expect some capture. There's some capture-based amber control in here. There's some amber loss. There is some cost boosting. They definitely have quite a few. I don't think there are any steel cards in Unfathomable. Uh, we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong as we go through, but I don't think there are any steel cards. It's all capture, lose, or cost increase. And then uh, I expect a lot of player control in here. We have a lot of cards that just mess with the other player. We have uh, things from trying to push them into a house, messing with their deck, uh, messing with their hand, just a lot of things that, that are going to disrupt a game plan. And that can be especially disruptive. Even I would say, um, so these, these had the purge stuff abilities, which, you know, that could be really disruptive to certain combos. The unfathomable effects are, they don't purge, but they can be even more disruptive toward combos just because their effects are a little uh, bigger or sometimes more targeted. So we'll, we'll kind of cover that as we go along. But just think about it this way, right? Like, yeah, Imp Spectre can, will purge a card out of the opponent's hand. If you get a lucky hit, you could ruin, you know, for a combo deck, you could just ruin the whole game. But Brain Drain uh, is targeted. You get to look at their hand and pick a card to put on top. Uh, you know, Bornet's Touch, look at five, purge one off the top of their deck. Okay. Um, again, very, you purge a card if you happen to get that. Thalassophobia, on the other hand, discard 10 cards off their deck. It's crazy. So all that to say, um, now obviously the rarities are different between these, but I do think there's actually a little more um, the unfathomable disruption effects are a little... Uh, I, they're strong in different ways than the Dece, uh disruptive effects. Okay. Um, what else? We Yeah, so we're looking for disruption, player control. Um, there are some big creatures here. I it's, it's actually pretty amazing how big some of these unfathomable creatures are. And uh, not all of them, but some of them are pretty big. And compared to like a Brobnar or... Um, or Sanctum, you're really, uh, Unfathomable is going to be very beefy on the board uh, compared to, comparatively. And I think that really highlights a problem with Brobnar that Brobnar isn't more hulking compared to these, you know, a house like Unfathomable whose thematic identity is not around big creatures. Um, okay. So, so I really hope when they bring Brobnar back in Winds of Exchange that they feel bulky. Um, not armored like Sanctum, but bulky. Okay, that's a crazy tangent. So, all right, next uh, two questions left because, again, we're not covering Legacy. Next question is, what is my favorite in-house combo? Uh, and I think that's pretty easy for me. It's Bubbles plus Abandoned Ship. I love that. Getting to Bubbles, put a creature on top of their deck. Uh, abandon ship, put three creatures back in their hand, put the bubbles back in my hand, play the bubbles, put another creature on top of their deck. It's just, oh, so gross. So, yeah, I love bubbles plus uh, abandon ship. There might be some that are stronger, but that feels so bad to push the opponent around that way. So, I like it. Uh, okay. Probably the strongest in-house combo would be like Whirlpool with Flame Gill Enforcer or Botic Raider or something like that. I mean, that's pretty good too. But uh, 
that's obvious. Okay. That's no legacy. So, um, and if I could get one Maverick in here, I would want punctuated equilibrium because getting to do all the things I just said and then like, um, you know, like with, uh, with bubbles and stuff and then just be like, oh, and by the way, your whole hand's gone. That is a really disruptive card and it would feel good in Unfathomable with some of their other effects. Um, actually, you might want to put the cards back to their hand and then PE and then put a card back on top of the deck. I don't know. I'm not sure, but it's gross. Just imagine doing PE and then brain drain. Ugh, disgusting. All right, let's get into the cards. We will start with the commons. Again, I don't think there's any. Oh, no, there are a couple special rarity here, so those will be fun. All right. Uh, we'll start off with the commons, though. Guilt Spy Netcaster is a two-power Aquan. It has two capture icons that it puts in your deck, and after it reaps, you exhaust a creature. That's a, actually a pretty strong effect. I like it. Uh, the Evil Twin version, everything's the same except that the reap effect is ready and use a friendly non-Aquan creature. So it's like the Evil Twin version is like Star Alliance, which is kind of funny like as a but ready and uses is strong i mean obviously that is stronger than use um although there aren't house cheating play effects so it's not like you could play an off house creature and then use this to ready and use it so i think the ready might be a little silly but it's still cool i guess if you have like three of these you could ready and use the same creature three times Brain Drain is a really nice uh, control card. So it's an action with an amber. When you play it, you look at your opponent's hand, you choose a card from it and put it on top of their deck. Obviously that doesn't remove the card. And Thalassophobia is the, Thalassophobia we'll see later, but it's a rare. So the likelihood of getting to fire this with Thalassophobia is pretty low. Um, but still it's a, it's a really nice effect. And there's a couple strategies with it. One is to look at what they have the most of and put one of those on top of their deck. Um, another is if, if obviously there's something that's really good in the moment, like you just burst into 10 Amber and you see they have a too much to protect, well, probably you want to put that on top of their deck, right? Um, so yeah, there are good options there. It's a really good card. Getting to take one card from your opponent's hand and say, nope, you can't play it is strong. Flamegill Enforcer. Um, I, the art on this is so silly because he's like crying or something. I don't like. He doesn't look very enforcey, um, but okay. Uh, so Flamegill Enforcer is a six-power Aquan, and after it says that after your opponent raises the tide, you enrage Flamegill Enforcer. It has action capture three. So if it's not enraged, you can use that action ability to capture three, which is Capture three on a six power creature is strong. Although, you know, play capture three would probably be better. But um, the but the downside is that after your opponent raises the tide, you enrage Flame Gill Enforcer. So if your opponent really doesn't want you to be able to use this, they can just take the tide. And uh, yeah, and, and cards like this and Seneschal Sargassa uh, is another example are interesting in that um, sometimes you might be in a situation where you are it's more to your advantage to not take the tide right so if you are really counting on using flame gill enforcer on your next turn and the tide is not high for you uh, sorry and the tide is high for your opponent you might want to leave it that way so that the next turn you will be able to use this because if the opponent if the tide is already high for your opponent they can't raise the tide and this you know they can't force this to be enraged that way so anyway it's an interesting thing that comes up once in a while uh if you play enough sealed dark tidings you'll run into that situation almost for sure uh okay the evil twin version Everything's the same except it's action steal one, which action steal one on a six power creature is pretty good. It just has that downside about getting angry. 
Hookmaster is a four power Aquan with one armor. It has a fight ability and no skirmish, so you know it's gonna take damage over time. But the fight ability is uh, if the tide is high, your opponent loses two amber. That's that's pretty cool. That's uh, it's a better version of group in a lot of ways. So I like that. Yeah, happy to have Hookmaster on my side. Horrid Sinan is a four power beast with poison. That's it. It's simple. Um, the poison is, eh, it could take down something big. If it doesn't have, you know, taunt or anything like that or any other thing going on, then it's not, it's just not attractive for the opponent to attack. But, um, but yeah, you could use it to take out something important. The evil twin version is only two power, still has poison, but does have taunt. And I, I actually think that's mostly better. Um, I think I'd rather have the evil twin version of this, all things considered. Photic Raider, or Photic Raider, I, I'm really actually not sure how to say that. And it looks like, uh, it looks like he's capturing some Star Alliance person, maybe? Uh, I'm not 100% sure there. But uh, anyway, it's a two power Aquan with play capture two. And while the tide is high, Photic Raider gets plus four power. Um, and usually if you're playing this against non-Dark Tidings decks, you're going to have the tide most of the time. This is going to be a big creature. Pretty cool. Also, this this leads to an interesting situation if you have if you have this with whirlpool with whirlpool which of course whirlpool is a rare but if you do have this with whirlpool you can have a situation where uh you play this capture two do two damage to it the tide is high for you so it's fine then at the end of your turn it passes over and immediately dies uh giving you the amber which would be kind of cool i've never actually pulled that off but it, it, it seems like it would be cool All right, Seabringer Kekoa is a seven power beast with taunt. That is a large taunt creature. That is so big. And uh, this is not even the biggest, but this is the kind of thing I'm talking about when I say that uh, Unfathomable has large creatures. And the ability destroyed raise the tide. That's pretty cool. I once, once I think forged a key or something by uh, having, let's see, I had Mecha Buoy and something that killed a creature at the start of the turn. And I killed Seabringer Kekoa and then gained the Amber from Mecha Buoy and Forge. That felt pretty cool at the time but I think that was in sealed play and I couldn't even tell you what deck that was but um that's pretty cool otherwise it's you know it's just interesting seven power taunt is not bad just to start with and that destroyed ability adds a little bonus if your deck cares much about that sink or swim is an action that says play choose one your opponent discards a random card from their hand or exhaust a creature in each of its neighbors um yeah i i would be okay having either of these with its um you know with an amber pip and no choice but actually i find it's nice having the choice because if the opponent has no creatures on the board and that often is the case then you get to just discard a random card from their hand otherwise exhausting three is pretty great so um, yeah, I'm not sad to see this card. I like it. All right, Wicolia is a three-power beast that has reap. Keys cost plus two during your opponent's next turn. Pretty simple. The evil twin version is the same, except its reap ability instead is exalt Wicolia. Keys cost plus four during your opponent's next turn. That's interesting, and none of that is May. So, yeah, very interesting. Um, also interesting, I don't see two heads on the normal Wicolia. Maybe, no, I still, I really only see one head. 
But the evil twin version seems to have two heads. That's very interesting. Hmm. All right. Call of the Void is an action with a bonus amber. It says it's common, but I feel like I never get this card. But, um, yeah, I like it. And I love the art. It looks very uh, Lovecraftian. So it's an action with an amber. Play exhaust a creature if it was already exhausted. Destroy it instead, and its controller loses one amber. Nice. Bubbles is a five power Aquan with play put on enemy creature on top of its owner's deck. Very nice and very appropriate that it is Sarians in those bubbles because they're probably sitting there with their Imperial Scudum and a lot of armor or a lot of amber and Bubbles says, nope, I'm not destroying you. I am putting you back on the deck. Give me that amber. Pretty cool. Yeah, this is a really nice disruption card. And then you're left with a five power creature, which is not bad. All right. Maelstrom is insane. It is an action. When you play it, you put each creature on top of its owner's deck in a random order and then gain two chains. So when you play this, you need to actually take all the creatures, make sure any upgrades go in the discard pile, put them face down, shuffle them up, and then put them on top of the decks. Um, yeah, very interesting. It's odd, like this, the ideal for, case for this card is that you uh, are stuffing your opponent's top of deck with a bunch of slow creatures that have, you know, that do not have play effects. And maybe you have no creatures. Um, I would even consider if I had, you know, a bunch of unfathomable creatures on the board. I have not done this before, but, you know, if you had, for example, there's a, um, what there's a an action we'll see in a minute. I think it's uncommon that says destroy each exhausted creature. I would even consider like reaping with my unfathomable creatures and then playing that to destroy them so before I did Maelstrom if I had those two cards in my hand because it really is nice in this case to um, to not stuff your deck but to stuff your opponent's deck with slow creatures this would not be a good card to play if your opponent has a bunch of creatures with good play effects obviously um, and then you gain two chains so that's a cost but hopefully your opponent is slowed down way more than you the fact that that's so good i think is a testament to the relative power in general of actions versus creatures i think a creature probably needs a stronger ability overall than an action in order to be balanced i i guess that's maybe that's obvious all right uh portal is an action with an amber when you play it if the tide is high art you archive portal otherwise raise the tide um yeah this is a nice card it it can really be a a crazy amber burst card because if you have multiples of these especially you keep the tide high you just, uh, you know, every time you call them fathomable, it's like two extra amber or something like that. It can be pretty crazy. All right. Uh, Recusal's Chant is an action. Kind of crazy this isn't common, to be honest with you. It's an action with an amber. When you play it, you exhaust a creature. Okay, that's no biggie. But if the tide is high, you exhaust each creature instead. That is bonkers. Exhaust each creature. Um, because yours are going to ready right away, your opponent has to take their turn and then wait. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty strong. It's equivalent to like a Skippy Time Hog, to be honest with you. Not, maybe not quite, because Skippy Time Hog prevents using artifacts as well. But still, it's very good. And if you pair it with Storm Surge, it's even crazier because Storm Surge is an action that says play your opponent's cannot ready cards during the ready card step of their next turn. Wow. So if you and there, because these are both commons, this is not a crazy situation to get into. You can play Recusal's Chant followed by Storm Surge and your opponent's creatures are out of commission for two turns. 
All right, Frigorific Rod is an artifact with a bonus amber. It's an item, and it has action, exhaust a creature, or artifact. That ability to exhaust an artifact is pretty cool. Um, yeah, this is this is fine. I'd much rather have this than, say, uh, hmm, what's that weird guitar? Soul Fiddle? Yeah, I'd much rather have this than Soul Fiddle. Soul Fiddle doesn't even have an amber, which is a travesty. All right. Going to the uncommons, we start with Abandoned Ship. This is an action with an amber. When you play it, you return a creature to its owner's hand, but if the tide is high, you return four creatures to their owner's hand instead. That could include your creatures, your opponents. The one interesting thing here is May does not show up anywhere on this card. So if you have, if there's only one creature on the board and it's yours, when you play this, you must return that creature to its owner's hand. If the tide is high and there are four creatures on the board and they're all yours, if you play this, you must return all four to your hand. So uh, you do have to be careful about that, but um, I mean, it's still, it's a great card. Interesting, that ship looks kind of like a shark. I don't know why. All right, Abyssal Zealot is a four power Aquin. Uh, it's an interesting one. It says, after you raise the tide, capture two amber. After your opponent raises the tide, move two amber from Abyssal Zealot to the common supply. So it's sort of like a, hey, uh, if you take the tide while this is out, you're going to lose two amber, I guess. Um, it's, it's an interesting one. All right, Illusions of Grandeur. This is the replacement slash equivalent to Control the Week. Um, Illusions of Grandeur is an action with an amber. It says, play, choose a card on your opponent's identity card. If your opponent does not choose that house as their active house on their next turn, gain three amber. So um, compare this to, like, Control the Week is just a crazy card, right? You tell your opponent what house to play. Mark of Dees was a more toned-down version of that um, because it had to target a creature to, to work so you're having to push your opponent into a house where they at least have one creature at the point in time that you play mark of Deece itself um it occasionally could be stronger than control the week because with exile it's possible to put your opponent in a situation where they have a creature that's not even on their house list and then you force them into that that i mean that really is a just they can't do anything. Um, Allusions of Grandeur is the same house selection rules as Control the Week. It just has to be on the opponent's card. Um, but then it has a weaker effect because instead of just forcing them to take that house, um, you give them the option. But if they don't choose it, you gain three amber. Um, this would be really bad to play into a too much to protect like hey you have to pick logos and they go no i'm going to pick shadows push you even three higher amber and then team to be that'd be really bad don't do that um i have seen people kind of like make unforced errors into this card so in that sense you could argue that sometimes in real life it's better than a control the week but um but on paper it's definitely weaker um because if your opponent is perfectly rational then they can choose which is more valuable to them giving you the three amber or not uh and, and picking the house you you chose and um and they're gonna make a good choice so giving them two options is almost certainly better than giving them only one option that makes sense um anyway i think it's an interesting card it's a fun card i love it i would love to see more cards like this that push your opponent into a house but not totally coercively because control the week is probably a little too strong cards like this are really interesting okay uh echo pearl it's an artifact with an amber it's an item it's it has omni destroy the echo pearl you exhaust stun and enrage your creature exhaust stun and enrage Means that creature is out of business for a long time. Um, you might as well just destroy the creature. I mean, honestly, it's it's kind of silly. But but if the creature is like 
uh, brand or something, I guess this is pretty good. Oh, imagine doing this to a Scally Keeper, but we don't have Scally Keeper in this set. Uh, Fuguru is a one power Aquan with poison. It says that your opponent refills their hand to one less card during their draw card step. Um, yeah, it's a weaker version of Succubus, but really interesting. Um, the poison makes it interesting, and I'm never sad to see this card. I like cards that reduce my opponent's options. I think I'd rather have Succubus most of the time, but because uh, the poison doesn't really increase Fuguru's staying power, uh, and I'd really actually like that effect to stay on the board, but it's it's an interesting twist, and I'm I'm happy with it. All right, Kalp is a two-power Aquan that says your opponent cannot play more than one card of each card type each turn. That is a really strong effect. Um, so this is comparable to cards like Ember Imp, which, for example, says your opponent can't play more than two cards each turn. So this has a kind of similar impact um, and I think is usually a must-kill, but it's a different twist, and that's interesting, and I like it. I I love this card. I'm I'd be very happy to have this in more decks. Yeah. Just solid solid control. And I think most decks tend to be a little heavy on creatures. So even you know like just the hey you, you can only play one creature a turn is a pretty strong effect. All right, there's an evil twin version uh which is really weird and interesting uh evil twin calp is seven power and says that you the player that controls it cannot play more than one card of each type each turn that's weird and it has fight reap discard any number of cards from your hand for each card discarded this way deal two damage to an enemy creature so i guess it's it's saying hey you compensate <clears throat> by getting to clear your card out with the calp that's interesting. Um, there is, I have seen this abused um, using a card like Exile, where you can push this to your opponent and suddenly they can't do things. Um, that could be really interesting, although it's um, it's not, I don't know, it doesn't seem super reliable to me and, and the decks that have it are not, you know, in the top tier of decks so um maybe not even exile but whirlpool would do it so it's a very interesting card um i don't know like doing two damage to a creature but limiting yourself in what cards you can play i think is not a good deal but it's an interesting card and i'm happy very happy to have it exist in the game okay it's just interesting the power is so high when i, I don't think the ability is actually well, maybe it's because the ability isn't that good that it needs to be that high, right? I don't know. Uh, all right, Kiri Guiltspine is a three-power Aquan with Elusive that says after an enemy creature reaps, it does not ready during its controller's next ready card step. I almost never see this card in real life, but it's an interesting card. Um, a little difficult to track, honestly. Like, oh, this creature fought, this creature reaped. That's a little tough. I don't love that. Um, but if you can manage it, yeah, it's an interesting effect. I Making them get stunned would be better, but then I guess it wouldn't have the elusive. Yeah, Sleep with the Fishes is the action with the bonus amber that destroys each exhausted creature. That can be pretty exciting, especially when you have a ton of ways to exhaust enemy creatures. Sparkfist is a two-power Aquan. Um, the perspective on this art I had to really think about, but I get it, I get it. Uh, anyway, it's a two-power Aquan with Skirmish, and after it fights, you stun and exhaust the creature that it fights. Thundertoe is an action with an Amber. When you play it, you exhaust two creatures, and you deal two damage to each exhausted creature. Uh, oh yeah, very very thematic, very in-house, makes sense. Do some damage. There aren't a lot of damage plinky cards. 
in Unfathomable, actually. Okay, Tomo of the Glow. So much promise with this card, but uh, hard to get to fire well. It's a three-power Aquan that has Reap, exhaust a creature. If the tide is high, draw a card for each exhausted enemy creature. Theoretically, you could draw a lot of cards that way, but your opponent has to have a lot of board. This has to be ready and alive. Yeah, those two things have to be true. And it's difficult to meet both conditions. I do. I mean, I think when this hits the board, if your opponent has a big board, they're going to prioritize killing it, but they have a big board, so killing it's easy. Um, if they don't have a big board, then this just doesn't do much. So I think it's better on paper than in real life. But it is a cool concept, and I got really excited <laughs> in the past thinking about how awesome this would be. The Evil Twin version is same stats, but the reap ability here is if the tide is high, exhaust an enemy creature, and your opponent discards a random card from their hand. So mm, essentially toxin plus an exhaust switch. Yeah, that's that's totally fine. Um, and that's very decent looking art. I mean, yikes. Tell me this person is not performing an annihilation ritual. Come on. Under pressure. Such an annoying upgrade. It's an upgrade with an amber. It says this creature cannot ready. Ugh. Like, it just can't ready. Ugh. So bad. So frustrating. Valucanth is back from being an anomaly. It's a six power Aquan that says while the tide is low, Valucanth cannot be used. And it has fight, reap, exhaust an enemy creature and each of its neighbors. That is a really strong ability. It's a six power creature. That's pretty intense. Um, it's a great card. Yeah. Unfortunately, an uncommon. Uh, okay, Wrath or Ruin, also great art here, uh, is an action, no amber on this one. It gives you a choice to either destroy a flank creature or return two enemy creatures to their owner's hands. That's an interesting choice. Neither is as, it's like neither of these is as good as certain like comparable cards that have an amber pip, I think. Um, so, I think this card is actually a little underpowered, but yeah, it's an interesting, uh, interesting choice and and cool art. So we'll forgive it. Skifos is a three-power beast that has hazardous four, and if it's destroyed, if the tide is high, you archive it. Eh, I mean, eh. It's fine. I guess I would like to have this enhanced, but otherwise it's kind of just fine. Tidal Wave is an action with an amber. When you play it, if the tide is high, you destroy a creature and each of its neighbors, and then your opponent raises the tide. This is one of the very few cards that can force your opponent to raise the tide, so that's interesting. And uh, destroy a creature and each of its neighbors is not bad. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting card. Okay, uh, Drawn Down is a rare. It's the first rare we've seen so far in Unfathomable, and it's going to come actually with two uh, special rarity cards that are that are tied to it. So uh, it's a three-card combo, auto-include auto combo. And uh, here's how it works. So... You play Drawn Down, that's the first card in the combo. When you play it, you look at the top three cards of your opponent's deck, you discard one, put one on the bottom of their deck, and one on the top of their deck. If you have all three cards of this combo in your hand, then almost certainly what you would like to do is remember the card that you put on the bottom of their deck and put a card on top of their deck that matches the house of a creature on their board. So, um, ideally, you put a card on top of their deck that matches the house of a creature on their board. You remember the card you put on bottom. Who cares about the one you discarded? Then, 
Dive deep. It says discard the top card of your opponent's deck. Put a creature that shares a house with that card on the bottom of its owner's deck. So um, obviously, if that card does not match house with a creature on the uh, that is on the board, then this fizzles. So that's why uh, playing drawn down first is very helpful. But if you do both successfully and successively, then you have now placed, uh, you've looked at the top three cards of the deck, you put one of those on the bottom, and then with Dive Deep, you put another card on bottom. Now you have placed two cards on the bottom of your opponent's deck. You know what those cards are, and you play Dark Discovery. It's an action. You get an Amber, and you name two cards. You discard the bottom two cards of your opponent's deck. If they are the named cards, then you purge Dark Discovery and forge a key at no cost, which is very good. So, and no is different from zero because no can't be added to. Um, if if there's a, you know, plus three cost or whatever, no cost doesn't care about that. So, uh, yeah, so if you can pull these three off in order, you're pretty much guaranteed to forge a key with Dark Discovery as long as your opponent has at least a creature on the board and has... <clears throat> a card that matches house with it in the top three cards of the deck. But it's hard to get all three of these cards in your hand at the same time. That's pretty lucky. Um, having some, That's why I would like to have some Logos Archive with this to be able to um, more reliably pull that off. <sighs> Alright, on to the other rares. Corrode is very good. Um, yeah, I, I like Corrode. Corrode is an action with an amber. Play choose one, destroy an artifact. This is really good because if your opponent has an artifact you want to destroy, great, you destroy it. Otherwise, just choose one of the other options. Um, so it's it's like even better than a card that would just destroy an artifact because even if your opponent doesn't have an artifact deck, it's still good. Uh, so you either destroy an artifact, destroy an upgrade, or destroy a creature with armor. So yeah, I, I really like Corrode. And there's some poor Sanctum creature getting corroded, I guess. All right. Effigy of Melaruk is an artifact and item. It says that after an enemy creature reaps, you put an awakening counter on Effigy of Melaruk. Of Melaruk. Uh, and if there are six or more awakening counters on Effigy of Melaruk, move it to a flank of your battle line as a creature with 100 power and 100 armor its text box is considered blank. Um, oof. That's crazy. A creature with 100 power and 100 armor. But. You have to get this out there. And then have your opponent reap six times. And then hope that it's relevant enough. To have a big, big body. And then your opponent can just. You know. Implosion and it's dead. Uh. So yeah, I, this is an interesting card. I don't think it's very good. All right, moving on. Early on, I remember people were like, you can have this and Waste Knot, and you would draw your whole deck. Great, but will it help you win? I'm not sure. Flash Freeze is an action with an Amber. Play for the remainder of the turn after you play another card, Exhaust a Creature. That's a cool effect. I like that. General Sherman, very interesting. 10 power beast, deals no damage when fighting. When you play it, you purge each other creature. And uh, it doesn't say to do this, but I usually put them under General Sherman because if General Sherman leaves play, you return to play each creature purged this way, exhausted and under its owner's control. So, um, So it helps to keep track of, oh, they were purged this way. Theoretically, I guess... I guess if you have a universal recycling bin, you can return a creature from under Sherman to your archives, and then Sherman would lose track of it because that's a secret area. And so it wouldn't be able to return that creature to play when it gets destroyed. I think that's how that would work. Yeah, but that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's a it's a fun card. Mm. 
All right, Kilogog's Trench. This is a fun one. It's an artifact. It's a location. It says at the end of your turn, place one depth counter on Kilogog's Trench. Then destroy each creature with power equal to the number of depth counters on Kilogog's Trench. So um, the turn you play, it's going to destroy all power one creatures. The next turn, it's going to destroy all power two creatures. Next turn, power three, etc. Um, the interesting thing about this is like on the turn it destroys power three creatures, it doesn't touch power two and one. It's just the power three. Next turn four, but it leaves it alone one, two, three. So, um, yeah, really interesting. Creates a fun puzzle to play around. Lack Gaboon is a three power Aquan that gets plus one power for each other exhausted creature. If there are three or more ex other exhausted creatures, then it gets Skirmish and Hazardous five. Um, interesting. I'm really not sure it's game changing. No, I don't think it is. But it's an interesting card. Portal Monger is a lot more interesting, actually. <sighs> From a winning the game perspective, anyway. It's a four power Aquan that says while the tide is high, your opponent's keys cost plus four. That's pretty strong if you can protect it, especially. Rust Miser is a five power beast that says reap exhausts each enemy artifact. That is cool. That's a lot of artifact control, although it only exhausts. It doesn't destroy them or anything like that. But yeah, pretty interesting. Uh, so Bob's thingamabob is a, it's an artifact. It has an amber. It's an item. And it says, after your opponent forges a key, exhaust each creature they control. Also very interesting, especially because that would happen at the start of their turn. So when they forge, they're then going to have a bad time uh, immediately after, which is kind of cool. Slows them down. Tawiki Kraken is a 12 power beast that's very large. And no, it does not interplay stunt. It just comes in exhausted like normal. When you play it, though, you exhaust two friendly, unfathomable creatures. If you do not, you destroy Tawiki Kraken. Okay, that's, that's a little tough. Uh, and after it fights or reaps, you deal two damage to a creature with two splash. So that's that's pretty strong, not crazy strong though. I, I actually feel like for the high cost to get it on the board, um, it probably ought to have like gain one amber and deal two to a creature with two splash, but maybe not. Uh, make it more like Khalifi Dragon. Thalassophobia I mentioned before. It's an action with an amber. When you play it, you discard the top ten cards of your opponent's deck. Um, some decks just won't care. If a deck is just has a lot of good cards, it's not going to care because it'll cycle back to more good cards. But if it's a combo deck, you could hit something really frustrating. So that's cool. I like it. The Chosen One. Very fun. It's a nine power Aquan. It says, instead of readying creatures they control during their ready card step, your opponent deals one damage to the Chosen One for each exhausted creature they control. So... <clears throat> so if your opponent has, you know, 10 creatures uh, or, you know, reefs with three creatures, um, instead of them readying at the end of their turn, the chosen one would take three damage and the creatures stay exhausted. Um, if you can, by the way, if you can ward this thing, then, you know, no matter how many creatures they're trying to unexhaust, the ward will swallow that whole damage burst. Um, Yeah, pretty cool. It's a, it's a nice creature. I like it. All right, the Susurus is an artifact. It's a ship, and it says, Action, exhaust a friendly, unfathomable creature. If you do, exhaust up to three creatures and or artifacts. I think that's a pretty good trade. I like it. I'm, I like this card. Uh, the Voice of Recusal is a five-power Aquan with one armor says, while the tide is high, each friendly creature gets plus one power and plus one armor. Uh, but while the tide is low, each enemy creature gets plus one power and plus one armor. That's interesting. I'm not sure what's happening thematically there. But, um, but yeah, it's an interesting interesting card. Kind of filling a similar role to, like, Abon the Armorsmith. But serious downside if your opponent takes the tide. All right, Whirlpool. This is, one, this is a really game warping artifact uh, it has an amber on it 
and it's a location it says at the end of each player's turn that player gives control of the creature on their right flank to their opponent and moves it to that player's left flank so creatures are swirling around in a, an anti-clockwise direction um very interesting and yeah if you can work this out with some capture it's a good way to steal actually because you capture onto your creature hand it over to them but be aware your opponent might do this a similar thing to you so yeah very very weird and interesting card cup of water is an action with an amber when you play it you stun each cyborg creature and each robot creature cool It's interesting. Deep Priest Glebe is a five power Aquan. This is after you play an Aquan creature, exhaust an enemy creature. Um, yeah, that's a nice effect. I, I like that one. Very nice. Okay, Omnipus is a weird one. It's an eight power beast. It can't fight. All right, but when you... So the key thing here to understand, though, is that Omnipus comes with at least, I think, at least three tentaclids and up to like five. I'm, I actually don't know the number, um, but you get a, yeah, you get some tentaclids. So tentaclid is a three power arm with skirmish and taunt that can't reap, but it can fight pretty good, you know, with the skirmish. So that's pretty cool. And the Omnipus, when it reaps, you gain one amber for each friendly tentaclid. So the kind of the, the goal is you have the Omnipus surrounded by the tentaclids. The tentaclids are protecting the Omnipus and doing fighting. And the, when the Omnipus reaps, the more tentaclids it has protecting it, the more amber it gets. So they're very synergistic that way. When you play Omnipus, you discard the top eight cards of your deck. And you play each and then you play each tentaclid from your discard pile one at a time. Um, so even if all your tentaclids are discarded and you get none in the top eight cards of your deck, you still play the ones from your discard pile, which is pretty cool. So I, this is a fun card. I haven't seen this be great, but it is certainly fun. Oh, at least two copies of tentaclid, I guess. And then maybe it's two to five. You can't get tentaclid without Omnipus, though. Uh, all right, Taniwa is an eight power beast with two armor. As, again, very big here, right? Uh, it has fight, reap, destroy a friendly creature, and gain one amber. Uh, that's pretty cool. Destroy a friendly creature and gain an amber. I guess you would prefer, though, to get this with creatures that have good destroyed abilities. Uh, the evil twin version is much smaller, four power with only one armor. So half the power, half the armor. Still a beast, and it has fight, reap. Put a creature from your discard pile on top of, excuse me, on top of your deck. That's cool. Um, yeah, I like the old Patty quote. The last time I hooked it, I only wished it had gotten away. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a cool creature, cool effect. Put a creature from your discard pile on top of your deck. I do feel like, I mean, that's equivalent to like World Tree, but you're reaping, so you get the amber, I guess. Yeah, it's fine. All right, that's it. That's all the unfathomable creatures or uh, cards. Um, really excited to see how they change in the next set whenever that comes out. Um, they they really add a nice, different flavor and twist to the game. And yeah, looking forward to seeing where they go next. Uh, but that was unfathomable in Dark Tidings. I hope you enjoyed and that you will get out there and forge some keys.